From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Extra podcast. Mark and Ryan here with you on a Thursday. Lovely day here in Athens. And uh, we're going to talk Georgia football as it heads towards the April 15th G Day game with an important scrimmage coming up Saturday. Ryan, this is the best time of the year for sports, maybe. I guess some people might say uh, it might be like Georgia Florida week or Georgia Tennessee week for football in the fall. But MLB opening day is today. The final four is this weekend. And the Masters are next week. I agree with you. I mean, I think I think the start of March Madness kind of gets you really geared up, you know. And and the the, the the leaves are changing. There's blossoms. There's birds chirping, and uh, you know the warm weather's coming back. And yeah, I love MLB opening day. And uh, as we record this, well, we're about two and a half hours from Atlanta Braves uh, opening day first pitch. I'm uh, I'm excited to settle in front of the TV and watch it. We're going to have, uh, speaking of the Masters, we're going to have Georgia golf coach Chris Hack on to talk about, I think it's eight Bulldogs that will be playing at Augusta National next week. Impressive, yeah. Uh, and Ryan will be there to chronicle it all. Ryan, uh, do you look forward to this trip? Uh, those are long days, but um, you get a, a, a kind of a bird's eye view of uh, some of the Greatest golf in the world. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. I've, I've said this since, you know, the first time I covered, I think it was 2018. And I mean, you know, I love, I love Georgia football, Georgia basketball, covering all those games, but nothing quite hits like covering the Masters. I mean, it's, it's a whole experience unto itself. And it might be the way that the, the people at the, at the uh, Augusta National treat everybody. I mean, it's so courteous and kind and, you just feel you feel special there, and uh, yeah, like you said, I'm kind of gotten to golf myself just because of the times I've attended the Masters. I've watched it for years, but going in person is just it's magical and kind of you know turned me on toward golf as well. And um, and then every year there's five Bulldogs. It seems like in in the field at least, and this I feel like it might be the most ever that have have been there last week. Harris English and uh, Keith Mitchell both got in. They're playing really well right now. So they were in the world golf ratings the last or rankings the last uh, week prior to the Masters. So snuck their way in, and uh, yeah, yeah, should be a should be a a fun time for the Bulldog Nation to watch the Masters this year. You had mentioned the uh, MLB opening day. Black jerseys is a thing for Georgia football. Fans get excited about that. What do you think of the new Braves? What are they called? City uh, uniforms, the jerseys? Yeah, City Connect, is that right? City Connect, yeah. Uh, aren't they kind of far away from a place called Atlanta now? No, don't be that guy. Uh, you know, I think they actually changed the address. It, it technically is Atlanta, even though it's smack dab in the middle of Marietta. But those jerseys were, were pretty nice. I mean, they looked a lot like those old – Hank Aaron Day's jerseys, and and I guess a, a lot of it was honoring honoring Hank Aaron for his 755 home runs and whatnot. So yeah, they look pretty neat. You like them? 
uniforms? Um, they're fine. I mean, don't they have some alternate uniforms that look pretty good anyway? When their Sunday uniforms, nice looking. I feel like they have a cream alternative they do on Friday nights, or is that the red jerseys? Whatever, they have a couple different mix of. Well, maybe it's, maybe but everybody always gets excited when they pull out the old feather on the shoulder jerseys, you know, that bring you back to the seventies and whatnot. All right, let's talk Georgia football. Uh, I had a chance to speak to Arian Smith, the uh, what is he third or fourth year now in the program, uh, and uh, he was asked about the quarterbacks, unsurprisingly, and he put two quarterbacks ahead of another in terms of arm strength because you know Arian's super uh, speedy. He uh, it's kind of funny. Somebody asked him about, you know, are you the fastest guy on the team? Which seems to be a popular topic and. He said, well, yeah, what, what do you think? Kind of, uh, you know, turning the tables. He said Carson Beck and Gunnar Stockton have the strongest arms, which mm-hmm. means Brock Vandegrift would be behind them. But then he tried to walk that back a tad, realizing that he'd said something that probably uh, wouldn't go over well in the uh, coaching room, I guess. I don't know. Um, so it'll be interesting. We're supposed to speak to Kirby Smart on Saturday after the scrimmage, I think around 3 o'clock, and it will be the first time we've talked to Kirby uh since practice started, I guess we got him a pro day the day after, but that was about, uh, you know, what, what the former Bulldog uh, stars, um, you know, did that day. So how much you think, you think he'll kind of give us a uh, unvarnished, uh, true read on where the quarterbacks are? Absolutely not. You know, he won't. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a well-worded, uh, you know, so-and-so might've done this. So-and-so struggled here. So-and-so has got to get better with this. Uh, you, you know how he does. He won't he won't give any hints on if Carson's taking the job to run with it, if Gunner's in the mix, if Brock might have uh, lost a step or might be, you know, neck and neck with Carson. He, he'll, he'll give the safe answer to, to you know, not really give away uh, anything. And, and like we've said all along, that we won't know anything more probably till late fall practice. So, um but yeah, I think you know during the spring, main thing is just no injuries. You know, I hope, hope to get an update. You know, from Kirby after the practice that everybody came out safe and sound. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's actually pretty good at these press conferences, especially when there's not a game for a while. And it'll be interesting in the fall, considering how weak the schedule is. You know, um, in the non-conference, maybe he'll even be more uh, not afraid to you know throw stuff out there. I, I don't know. I mean. I guess the thing with coaches nowadays is that you don't want to say anything that would cause any of the uh, those vying for a position to think, oh, I need to go into transfer portal, you know. So um, that's the kind of thing they want to – they probably want to have all three of these scholarship quarterbacks uh, in the fold still in August. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure, I'm sure that's part of managing that position. I feel he uses motivation, though, sometimes, you know, saying sometimes – all three, you know, need a lot to work on. And we, you know, this and that, they, they didn't do this well and they didn't do that well. And, um, you know, just kind of giving all three an extra push to not get, be complacent, you know. Our Kendall Milton is out for the rest of the spring, which is only about uh, two weeks and two days, I guess. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury. Dejan Edwards apparently has some nagging injury, which Aaron Smith kind of dropped in the conversation the other day. We'll see exactly what's going on there. What do you think of the three remaining scholarship tailbacks? I guess it's two if you uh, take out the freshman from last year that uh, – Robinson. The, no, no, the torn ACL. Um, yeah. Um, last uh, year. So Paul, you, Andrew Paul. Andrew Paul. So you got 
Branson Robinson and you got Roderick Robinson, yeah. I guess. Uh, and Roderick is a big 235 pounder. That's uh, kind of been an impressive specimen wearing the number zero jersey, I believe, uh, which the NFL is now allowing, which Darnell Washington can wear as a rookie now. That's cool. What, what do you think? Uh, how do you, how would you feel if it was uh, just Branson Robinson and Roderick Robinson available for the uh, the game against UT Martin? Oh, I think they'd be in good hands. Now, we don't know much about Roderick Robinson, right? I mean, we saw Branson last year, and he looked like a, a stud at times. I, I don't know how – you know, maybe he's got some pass protection to work on or, or whatever, but uh, obviously the comparisons to Nick Chubb come out because of his physique and kind of style of running. But I think if he was your running back for that first game, you'd be in, in really good hands. Now, Kendall, I mean, are, is this have we reached a point of concern with all the injuries he's had over the years? I mean, it seems like something's always popping up. And then you look back and – didn't he lead the SEC in yards per carry last year when he got his chance? So, you know, the goods are there. He's just got to stay healthy. And I do feel like that's becoming a concern for him. I mean, part of the the reason why he would lead in yards per carry, you would assume, is because he's not carrying the ball as much because he hasn't been available as much. So, um, But, I mean, you think about it, big games where he, when the SEC championship, he busted out a sure. long run there, you know, and, and you see yeah. that he has that ability. When he's yeah. yeah, I mean, keeping him healthy uh, and available uh, is key because you know when he is, he he's a very good player. Um, be curious to see what Kirby has to say um, about what's what's going on in that cornerback spot uh, opposite Kamari Lassiter. You got Dalen Everett as kind of uh, you know a little bit probably as a favorite. Uh, Nylon Green also a guy coming back that has a chance to really get some playing time there. And, uh, you know, Julian Humphrey is a name that's kind of had some buzz, a, a former five-star that, that really wasn't much of a factor in his first season. Georgia was well stocked there with, with Keely Ringo. Uh, so, um, and then also does Javon Bullard stay at the star? Uh, he's, you know, in the spring, they do a lot of cross training. Is he better suited to be a safety and giving a guy like Tyke Smith a chance uh, who's been experienced to trying to get your best guys on the field, maybe move uh, Smith in as the starting nickel and move Bullard to safety, um, you know, or or could like a healthy J Dan Jackson when he comes back from his, I think it was a foot injury. I don't know. You got freshman uh, Jonel Aguero is a possibility there. David Daniel Sistavon, a um, lot of options there. Ryan, uh, who do you want? Where, where do you want them to play Javon Bullard? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, and it's funny. You list all those names, you think Georgia loses this guy and that guy, but then you're like, oh, man, they're still pretty deep at these positions, and I think that's what we saw last year when they lost a host of people, and you're like, who's going to step in? And, you know, you got Jamon Dumas-Johnson just sliding right in to take Kobe's spot, you know, not missing a beat. Uh, Smile Mondin just, you know, playing as good as any Georgia linebacker and. As as far as Bullard goes, I you know he he did seem to take that star position and run, but I mean I trust the coaches. Whatever they decide will be best. I mean, seems like Georgia still has plenty of talent, and you kind of forget about Dan Jackson being back there. You know, and all that he brought to the table, especially two years ago during the first national championship run. I mean, he played a significant part. 
and uh, you know Malachi still back there. I mean, this is a this is a deep secondary still, and um, I think the biggest question this spring is, yeah, that Keely Ringo position, who's going to take control? Maybe Bullard does move over there. I I don't know. Ryan, speaking of Javon Bullard, are you going to yeah, be? Going I was to, thinking about this. Yeah, you going to be going to alumni cookie dough and getting you some uh, Bullard's Buckeye Crunch. <laughs> Now, is it just straight cookie dough? Is that what it is, or is it an ice cream infusion type deal? Ice cream? No, no, no. It's it's cookie dough. It's got it's got you know. No, no. See, I've gone to alumni, okay, and no. they do a thing where they, it's almost like Cold Stone Creamery, where they take cookie dough, and you know, you pick a vanilla ice cream or something, and they kind of do the Cold Stone chopping up and mixing in together blend. So I, I bet you could do that, but well, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the the picture they posted looked pretty good. Yeah, I'd give it a try. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe uh, maybe that'd be a, a place to uh, swing by on on GA or something. I don't know. Uh, Ryan uh, got a little brave start lineup here today. Uh, wh- what do you think of they got uh, got Sean Murphy, Murphy batting fifth and catching, and they got Travis Darno the DH. Got your shortstop Orlando Arcia. How are you feeling about that? You like Von Grissom uh, getting sent down to Gwinnett? Hey, I trust. I trust in Snicker. I you know let them do what they want to do. I think it's a good thing for them to. You know, he didn't he jump straight from Double A last year. He never even really got a time in the in Triple A. So getting some swings down there, I think he'll be up by uh, I say mid May. I don't think Snickers the one making the calls of who goes up and down. Is it not a GM decision? That might be Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, another another uh, thing I want to see or hear about over the weekend is what's going on with the tight ends after Brock Bowers is, is Lawson lucky. Uh, the freshman making a move is Oscar Delp showing that he should be the number two guy. What about left tackle? Uh, is Ernest green, the red shirt freshman who was out last year with an injury. Is he going to be able to uh, fight Austin Blasky for that left tackle job? Some exciting times uh, in spring practice where your two time defending champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Ryan, before we bring on uh, Chris Hack, got some Masters odds for you. Um, have you seen these? These are from the Golf Week uh, story, and uh, it's a fine publication. Yeah, part of the Gannett Network. Part of the Gannett Network. Uh, get yourself a – hey, by the way, this would be a good time to say uh, go, go to your favorite app, and uh, you know if you can offer us a, a five-star review, would be very much appreciated. Um, and uh, also uh, you can subscribe to the Athens Spinner Herald um, at onlineathens.com. Uh, what is it? Is it a dollar for six months? Is that still the uh, deal? The, the deal, yeah. Sounds like a good Bullard. deal. Mm-hmm. You can't even get the Bullard's uh, crunch for a dollar, so I'm just saying. <laughs> saying. All right, Ryan, here we go. Here is the list. Uh, I'll tell you the best uh, odds for Georgia golfers for the Masters. Let me see this here. Believe I uh, took some copious notes on this. Uh, in order, I'm not going to give you the actual odds, uh, but I will tell you just who's the the favorite. I guess Scotty Scheffler, number one. Who would you who would you guess is number one? Scotty Scheffler. No, I'm talking about Georgia guys. Oh, sorry, you didn't you didn't say that. Let's see, Georgia guys at the moment. Um, how about Brian Harmon? He's playing really well. Are you cheating? Nope. Brian Harmon's number one, followed by Russell Henley, Chris Kirk, Kevin Kisner, Sepp Straka, Bubba Watson, Harris English, and then Keith Mitchell. That's a lot of Bulldogs. I'd put Keith higher than that. I'd, I'd, I'd put him. He's playing pretty well. Kids, not so much. 
What's that? He is not playing so well lately. Maybe he'll turn around this week, next week. What about, what about Bubba? Is he got, what does he have? Two green jackets? Is he ready for third? No, no. He might have, you know, he's, he's getting long in the tooth, but maybe he can, you know, he, with his length and the way he knows that course, I, I guess you'd never count him out. But why don't we bring on Chris Hack to talk about all this? We're going to ask Chris, you know, what odds he would give to these guys? Sure. <laughs> I don't think he'd, go, he'd want to go there. I think he's, I think you'd like them all equally. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Like what you hear? Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating, a like, and even leave us a comment to let us know how we're doing. As always, find more content at onlineathens.com and in the Athens Banner Herald. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, joining us now to give us kind of a Georgia-flavored uh, preview of the Masters is longtime uh, Bulldogs golf coach Chris Hack. Uh, who is in his 27th season, and uh, his Bulldogs will uh, be in Naples. Uh, not a bad place to be, uh, Sunday to Tuesday for the Calusa Cup. Uh, Coach Heck, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, so I guess, do you uh, have you gotten used to this? Uh, you know, probably it seems like five, six, seven guys. I guess this is the most Georgia golfers that have been there or, or not, but um, – you know, do you get excited when when uh, you know that that's rolling around uh, next week? Yeah, it certainly makes uh, watching the Masters much more interesting. I know a couple of times we've had as many as six guys, but to have uh, eight guys uh, is expe- especially exciting. So it gives us uh, two more guys to watch uh, during the tournament. I know it's like picking a favorite kid, but is there one guy you want to see go out there and you know win this thing that would you know be special to you? No, I think any of them doing it would be pretty special for us. Um, Obviously, Bubba's done it a couple of times, so it would be very cool if somebody else did it. But if it happened to be Bubba again, it'd still be pretty special. Who's kind of ready, you think, maybe for an Augusta breakthrough, um, you know, that has played the the course, uh, you know, a couple of times? I guess they say that that, you know, background and, and knowledge of it uh, is helpful that, that maybe uh, this time they can, uh, you know, jump up even more. You know, I think I think there's a few guys, you know, with their length. I think Sepp Straka, and who's done it, who's played there now. Um, Keith Mitchell, obviously, with his length. You know, Russell Henley, with the way he can putt it, I think uh, gives himself maybe a little bit of an opportunity. Harris English, again, has got – Got a lot of the the game for it. Chris Kirk's playing well. He's been playing really good. He's a great putter. Um, you know, Brendan Todd's a great putter. I, I, again, I think any of those guys, if they got hot, would be would be able to maybe put themselves in contention. Um, the one who may that may probably have to to get the max out of his game a little bit would be Brian Harmon a little bit. But um, but again, he's such a gritty competitor. He just Again, you never know. I would never cut anybody out. You mentioned Chris Kirk, obviously a uh, Watkinsville resident. I think his kids go to Prince Avenue. But, you know, with his struggles and, and stuff that he went through for a while, uh, you know, is he a guy, when you watched him, I think it was the Honda Classic win that this year. Is that just special to see, you know, him win that, get it, get back in the Masters and, and, and have this kind of second opportunity uh, for him on the golf course? Yeah, I think anytime you see anybody overcome, uh, you know, obstacles in their life, um, it's always fun to see guys make that comeback. And and for him to 
to be able to overcome, you know, his demons and be able to get back to the, the winner circle, um, get back to the masters, get back to the, the, the really big events again. Yeah. That's, that's fun to watch and good to see. And just, it just reaffirms that if you stick with it and keep working hard, uh, you can get there. Looking at the uh, world rankings, uh, the latest ones, I guess, seven uh, UGA guys are in the top 50. Harmon at 28, Straka 32, Kirk 34, Henley 37, English 44, Mitchell 46, Kisner 48. How much pride do you take in that, and, and how much uh, is that kind of a part of um, you know the fabric of your program that that you can talk to the up-and-coming high schoolers and, and tell them, you know, uh, about the role that you might have played in in the success of these guys on the pro level? Well, it's always going to be a, a point of pride for us, you know. Um, you know, a lot of it is just, again, accumulation of a lot of hard work and doing the things that they needed to do to get out there and then to be able to stay out there and sustain that for for whatever it is now, probably, what, 10 to 15 years for some of those guys um, you know, that's, that's very special for us to be able to, to take pride in that and show that to recruits and, and try to convince them to try to be a part of this, uh, fraternity of golf that we think is one of the best ones, uh, going in college athletics. So, um, we certainly love seeing that, that number grow with, with even guys like Davis Thompson and Grayson Sig and, and guys who are still trying to get to that top 50. So it, it's always going to be a point of pride for us. It was fun to watch Davis, you know, get a chance to do match play last week, but he's so close to that win out in uh, California. Did you watch that putt, you know, that hit the flag stick and, and all as he was battling John Rom down the stretch? Oh yeah. We were watching it and uh, living and dying with every shot, probably just like he was, but uh, yeah, again, to see him get in the, in contention and have a chance to to join those guys in the awareness circle is it's a big deal. And it just tells you how hard it is to, to win out there. But um, you know, I think that probably gave him a huge boost of confidence and will help him down the road um, as he just continues to, to get better and better. Now, you take the guys out to Augusta National once a year, right? I mean, have you all gone out with this group this year? Yeah, yeah. we went out in uh, in February and played and actually had a really nice February uh, weekend where it was probably about 65 and sunny and just absolutely beautiful. Man, you can't ask for anything better now, right? No, but it still played really, really long because you're not getting a whole lot of roll that time of year. And uh, I think we had – I think our low round was maybe 70. I think one guy, one of the guys shot 70, which which was pretty spectacular given how long it played. Yeah, I can say y'all play the tips, right? I mean, y'all are – Yeah. Yeah. Get it back down to tips. Like I said, you get no rolls, so it played really long. You guys finished uh, fifth in the team standings at Linger Longer, uh, and it looks like 24th now in the latest golf week rankings. Tell me about this year's team. It looks like – Nick Cassidy and Maxwell Ford are kind of battling it out for lowest stroke average. Uh, Connor Creasy and and uh, Ben as well, uh, you know, fighting over there. Uh, kind of what's the state of uh, this year's team? Well, kind of uh, right now we're playing a pretty young team. All these guys uh, that we're playing um, can come back next year. So, you know, it's it's a young team. Um, and they just, you know, they're starting to, to get their feet under them a little bit. You know, in Vegas we didn't play – very good early in the rounds, played really good 
um, down the stretch, which was a, a step in the right direction. And then down at Lingalonger, we played really well for two two days and and uh, 13 holes. But then we, we kind of gave it away at the end a little bit there after having a chance to win. So, again, they're, they're kind of learning circumstances and, and getting themselves in the hunt. And I think the more experience they get, the more times they have a chance to get in those – in those mixes for a win, uh, they're just going to get better and better. So I'm looking forward to finishing out this year, but then also getting them back all for a, another year. Obviously, that, go ahead, Mark. Now I was just going to ask, you know, I, we talk about in football and, and basketball, what is the NIL game in golf? How much of a factor is that when you build a roster? Well, it's probably not as big a, an issue of golf uh, as it is probably football, but, but, it's probably going to grow that way. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be more and more programs that that probably get a little bit more invested in that type of stuff. I think we're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna certainly look into it and try to grow uh, whatever we can to, to or you know or give the I should say give the guys the opportunity to go in that direction if they want. Um, and and if it happens for them, great. But I think right now it's probably pretty far and few between for golfers. Obviously, A-Man Corner uh, gets a lot of praise for its beauty. But, you know, when you're on the course, which I, I guess you're out there uh, at least once a year, but uh, what's the spot that you think is just majestic and, and the best part of Augusta National? God, there's so many of them. Um, I, I, Me personally, I like sitting around that 15th green watching the – the second shots come in mm -hmm. and then be able to turn and watch guys hit their, their shots on 16 to that par three. I've always thought that was a pretty good viewing area. Cause you get to see a couple of things going on. Um, you know, getting down there obviously by, by 12 and watching 11, 12 and a little bit of 13 is also pretty spectacular. And then over on the front side, again, I think, I think being able to hang around, the fairway on two and watching two and three uh, are a couple of good viewing spots too. Maybe, maybe even get behind two greens so you can see uh, the guys coming down seven, tee off on eight, watch them come down two and tee off on three. That's a pretty good spot too. But there's so many good areas down there to to watch to watch these guys play. And it's again, it's as a guy you know that grew up in Georgia. That's just a that's just such a special place. It looks like your schedule, I don't know if it always works this way, but um, allows you to, to get out there next week. Do you go for the whole week or do you, are you there one or two days and how much do you get to interact with your former players? You know, I'm, I'm going Wednesday. Um, and the only reason I like going on a, on a practice round day is because if I do see them, you know, I feel like I can talk to them and, and check in with them a little bit. Once the tournament starts, I don't want to be, be a, a nuisance or a bother. I do know that one year Harris and Henley got paired together in the final group of that particular day on a Thursday or Friday. I can't remember what day it was, but being able to walk and, and watch both those guys play together and, and nobody behind them. So, so we, we didn't have to fight much of a crowd. That was pretty fun. But, um, but for the most part, once the tournament hits, I'm probably like a lot of people. I'd rather be in front of my TV watching it uh, full coverage with what you can get now on the computer and on your TV. I can pretty much see all my guys play 
if I if I chart it just right on the computer. Yeah, you can watch shot by shot now. Just pull up the guy's name, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so that's kind of fun in this day and age to be able to to really see every one of them play. You're going to be there on Wednesday. Will you take in the par three? And, and, you know, that being such a family day, do you get to see some of your players' families and whatnot? Yeah, so probably we'll try to do that. And um, hopefully there will be a few bulldogs that maybe tee it up together in the par three, so that'll be fun. But, you know, that's, again, I think Wednesday's one of the greatest days in golf uh, with the practice rounds and the par three. Let's just hope that the weather cooperates. It's a nice, beautiful day. And one more before you let you uh, let you go here, Coach. Uh, any prediction overall? I mean, there's uh, you know player Scotty Scheffler is playing great. There's the battle with him, Rory and John Rahm. It seems for number one in the world. What would you uh, what would you guess might happen overall at this year's uh, Masters? I, I am predicting a eight way type of. <laughs> 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 that would be the dream come true right there. That would be a heck of a heck of a playoff there. That would I think that'd be a pretty good story. <laughs> be good. All right, we appreciate uh Chris Hack joining us and uh good luck as you uh proceed with the rest of the tournament. SEC's coming up, I guess, in, in a few weeks. So uh thanks very much for joining us. You got it. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. All right, we thank uh, Georgia golf coach Chris Hack from uh, for joining us. And uh, I, I meant to mention it, but you know what? You know how many national titles he's got? He's got two also. Well, uh, the, uh, so Kirby and Kirby Brazil. him are tied. Maybe they need to, uh, you know, they both can uh, continue to win. If uh, says he's got a young team, maybe next year is the year they can they can make a, a nice yeah. run in in the postseason. Ryan, uh, I got an email um, a while ago or th- th- this week, I guess about something called um, the uh, Taste of the Masters. You can order all your favorite food from the Masters, egg salad, pimento cheese, um, their potato chips. I didn't know that was a thing. Are they very good, those potato chips? I mean, I think they're just uh, barbecue or regular Lay's, but yeah, they're good. Some some pork barbecue, some chocolate chip cookies. Uh, they were selling them. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to pull up the price, but I just went, went to the link again. It was like a, you know, you'd buy a lot of it and it would be sent to your house. The idea was so you could get the Masters feel, even if you didn't have a ticket, you could eat it during the tournament while you watch it. But unfortunately, uh, they're sold out now for 2023 Taste of the Masters hosting kits. <laughs> you, wow. could, you could join their email list to be notified about future opportunities. So, uh, Ryan, you're going to be there. Why don't you just load up a box of that food and bring it home? Um, I have thought about that in the past, but I've also thought about getting my credential pulled for all you know time. So I uh, I do bring back some cups that uh, we accumulate throughout the week and, uh, you know, give those out as gifts to friends and whatnot. You know, you've got a couple of master's cups, I'm sure, in the cabinet, don't you? I don't know if I do. I don't think I do. I mean, you want, you want one? Um Sure. Thank you so much. That's a quite offer. You know what? Um, I like the fact that many Georgia uh, people that cover the Georgia football program, Dean Leggy in particular, I believe all he has is Masters uh, gear. Um, got shirts. He's got shorts. He's got maybe hats. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. who knows what the 2023 uh, merchandise will look like. Ryan, a couple of former Georgia basketball players went into the portal, one by the name of Xavier Wheeler. Uh, he left, is leaving Kentucky. Georgia needs a point guard. I say, come back home, Severe. 
Oh, home is Houston for him. Uh, but you know, it's a new coaching staff. Maybe there's some interest. I don't know. Um, Jaquan Walton also in the portal. He's a local he, kid, correct? Is he not from around uh, he's from Columbus? He's from Columbus. Columbus. Okay, yeah. He did not do much as a bulldog. I think he was on the team for a couple seasons. Left the team in the middle of his second, maybe. Um, ended up going to a junior college, then transferring to Wichita State. Now he had a pretty quiet year from the standpoint of wasn't on my radar much. But when I put up his stats the other day, because he announced he is transferring to Alabama, which is a pretty good program these days, right? Yeah, he's he led over thirteen points a game, right? He led Wichita State in scoring. Had not, I mean, I don't know. That's got to make fans upset, right? This guy couldn't get PT at Georgia, and he goes there, and he's uh, maybe he was a defense liability. I don't know, but well, I mean, he played. He was here under Tom Crean, right? Uh, so. What are you saying there? I don't know what you're saying. Hey, sometimes I question the lineups, you know. All right. Um, in any event, should be uh, hot and heavy moments in the transfer portal coming up because Georgia's got some holes to fill. Ryan, Georgia baseball lost two or three to Auburn over the weekend. They blew a, a lead a couple times, I believe, or maybe, I don't, yeah, a couple times. Then they put up a 24 spot, right? 16-run inning, right? 16-run inning. <laughs> then, last night, Get blown out at home 12 to 2 to Georgia Southern. Yeah. Things are looking kind of bleak. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. You know, it's funny because you see the potential and what they they've blown consecutive Friday nights in yeah. SEC play that could have been wins. So, you know, maybe uh, you know, they can get back on track and and somehow take two out of three at Vandy. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I think last week was last week was Thursday night, but did they blow Friday night too? Well, yeah, whatever. The first night, first game, right, was right, right. Yeah. Um, they go into Vandy, right? It's a three game series. If they could win two or three there, everything would be right in the world for the Bulldogs, would it not? It would be better. It'd be on a better track, definitely. But I mean, if they go up there and get swept, what are they one and eight in conference? It's not good. Yeah. Now, how does it work in the SEC? Two teams don't make the SEC tournament. Is that right? It's in it twelve or fourteen get to go. I I can't keep. I, it, but... I think the good news for Georgia, as it as it relates to the SEC tournament, is there, there are there a lot of teams that are really bad in baseball this year. It seems because Georgia's one and five, but you got two zero oh, and six teams: Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So aren't they traditionally good uh, powerhouse? Uh, in Texas and Texas A and M is one and five. So mm. misery loves company, yeah. and uh, Georgia's not shut out of the tournament. Quite yet, uh, but to make an NCAA tournament, that's going to be a problem if if you're doing this kind of thing. All right, we'll end it here on uh, this note. Ryan, did you see the uh, the video put out by the uh, women's swimming program? They have a new dog. Do you know about this? Yeah, in fact, I think you sent it to me. And, did I sent uh, to you. All right. Yeah, it was very uh, cute and cuddly. The dog is named Winnie. Winnie is the new dog. Um, is that because? Uh... What, the women's swim team has won a lot in their yeah, day. Yeah, they, they got a lot of national titles. Mm-hmm. They got a new coach. They, they're going to have to work to get it up that way. Stephanie Williams Marino is the new coach, right? Um, but you know what? Do you think uh, Ugga needs some company? Do they need a new dog for the for the football team as well? Now, Ugga's, Ugga's with every team, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Ryan, speaking of dogs, do you, do you want to share to the audience about uh, how many dogs you have now? Oh, we have two dogs, but well, we've had two dogs for a while. They're getting up there in age. Hopefully they uh, can make it a few more years. All right. I thought one of them was new. I, maybe the reason I bring this up is uh, 
Ryan has a picture posted on his Zoom account now with uh, with his two dogs. Which so one of them I knew about. I didn't know about the other one as much. So yeah, that was my wife's when we uh, got together. She she had one of them. Interesting. We combined right. family dog families. All right, little programming note. Uh, Ryan will be at the Masters next week, as we talked about on this program. So uh, podcast will take the week off. Ryan uh, will be busy. Uh, go to onlineathens.com to read uh, his work. Are you I know will you be writing mostly about Georgia guys or all across the board? I do not know since we are technically partnering with Golf Week, as we mentioned earlier. I think it's just uh, grab assignments as they come, and uh, you know maybe I I'll jump on a Georgia story or two and, and get them on our website. So yeah, keep an eye out for especially if the Bulldogs are doing well. If there's right. that, if there's that eight way tie for first, like Chris Hack said. Hey, didn't I say that he would not pick uh, which guy? I was correct yeah, about that. You're right. Yeah. All right. Quick question about the Georgia guys for you. Um, whether they shoot like a 78 or shoot a 68, who is the most consistent uh, interview in terms of will uh, be gracious no matter how they play? Well, I'll tell you what, my, let's see, Chris, I mean, excuse me, Keith Mitchell's first year there, I think 2019, he was, he was awesome. He was very kind and made time for me, uh, you know, and, and thanked me for, for interviewing him. Now he's had three more years on the PGA tour now. Uh, since I've spoken to him, but I, I, I do get the gist that he's a, he's a nice guy. You know, kids is always pretty nice. Uh, Harris has been nice to me before. So hopefully those guys, you know, uh, will continue doing so this, this time around and we can have some, uh, give us some good content. All right, everyone have a, a great rest of your week. Enjoy uh, MLB, uh, now back on the scene and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care.